Hey everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the Premier League podcast here on Fanrag Sports. My name is Sebastian Noren. With me is Elliot Niblock on location in Tokyo. And then Polly, you're only in uh, New York City, but that's not too shabby, I guess. <laughs> only in New York. Only in New York. Yep, regular bedroom studios, 15 floors above the above street level. There we go. <laughs> not high enough to drown out the ambulance sounds. Nope. <laughs> no, that's man. That's one thing that I've been really amazed with in Tokyo is that it's just like the the social propriety is such that everybody is totally silent after 10 p.m. Like even though it's the biggest freaking city in the world, then most of the neighborhoods, even like Shinjuku where the red light district is, it's really easy to find a totally silent little side street. Hmm. Well, I hear sirens. <laughs> and so, cue the yeah. cue the sirens in New York. Well, yep, yep, there they are. There they are. Okie dokie. Well, we're going to talk it wasn't about... wasn't really hard to time that one out. Nah. Nah. <laughs> there are nice little ambient noise in the background for you guys who's listening to this. Uh, we're going to talk Can't about... sleep without them. Yeah, we're going to talk about the FA Cup <laughs> final, of course. Arsenal won that. Then we'll take a look at the playoffs and the championship. And then we'll get into some transfer news. But first and foremost... Arsenal winning a record 13th FA Cup trophy on Saturday. Um, defeating Chelsea 2-1. Goals by Alexis Sanchez and Aaron Ramsey. Yeah. Yeah, Elliot, you were, you, you were not <laughs> confident going into this one. I would say you were, no, you were as pessimistic no. as Paul can be at some points. <laughs> I'm a Mets fan. Well, but I... I mean, I still th- – well, yeah, Mets fan. There you go. Uh, but I still think that my, my concerns yeah, were warranted. It's just that we saw an unexpectedly heroic performance from both both Per Mertesacker and, and Ospina, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I didn't have – I have a lot of respect for Per, but he hasn't played 90 minutes all year, and he's never played in a back three. And Ospina has made some howlers in the past but you know my hat's off to both of them they gave alexis sanchez the man of the match but for me those two players along with of course you know ramsey's instantaneous answer to the goal from chelsea were uh, i mean per per and ospina you know those without their performances and i think that those are you know maybe not once in a lifetime but certainly not run of the mill from either of them in the form they've been in but lo and behold god yeah. and and Wenger choosing Ospina as well. I mean, the pub that I was in in Tokyo, which also, like, my hat's off to those guys as well because the atmosphere was incredible, even though the game kicked off at 1.30 a.m. Um, but nobody in the pub was particularly confident without check between the sticks. But he put in, you know, maybe the performance of at least his Arsenal career, you know, probably not his national career, but nonetheless. Yeah, especially with Per Mertesacker not playing pretty much all season. Coming in and having a performance yeah. like this, you know, speaks volume about the type of quality player he still is, though. Because you were yeah, you were sure. without both uh, Mustafi and Koscielny. And then it's like, oh, well, Per, you know what? You got to start. Sorry. And then he yep. goes out and, and has know, a game honestly, like that. What it brings to mind for me, even though the, you know, the FA Cup qual- final is worlds above and a team like Chelsea is also worlds above in terms of quality and pressure what you find in the MLS but it does remind me a little bit of Schweinsteiger right like being on the wings forced to watch frustrated but like professional about it and then suddenly 
steps in to for Schweinsteiger, a new team for Per, the same team, and immediately starts contributing. And you know, I've, I've, I, it speaks volumes about why he was captain to begin with. I think. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, Ospina, he had a very good game as well. I was critical with, you know, both the decision that Manchester United make, made in the Europa League final, starting Romero ahead of De Gea, and now we saw Ospina getting the chance ahead of Czech. I think when you have a goalkeeper that is clearly above the other one, even though he's played throughout the whole tournament, that's still, no question. You still did Ospina play in yeah. all the FA Cup games? Yeah. I, yes. I mean, he's the, he's been the cup goalkeeper, so that's, but nonetheless. So then that's. I mean, that's your manager has to. Your manager's tied his hands then, because he, he pretty much I tells you. He pretty that. much tells you, if if he sits the if he sits the goalkeepers down before the tournament starts, and he says and he says you're going to be the guy that uses in the FA Cup. You can't you can't then drop him when he gets you to the final. Oh, but that's when you say uh, we're going to play you until we get to the final. If we get to the final, you're going to sit on the bench. Then what does that goalkeeper care then for? I mean, I I don't see it as being uh, such a big deal, really. I feel like you should play your best goalkeeper in a final. Yeah, I'm. I, I mean, I, look, you and I, I are understand in that, about that. I understand that too, and I agree with you also. And I would rather, you know, if I was an Arsenal fan, I'm sure I'd rather have seen Peter Check out there uh, on. On Saturday, I last Wednesday, I, I'd rather have seen David De Gea out there. But if you're the manager and you sit down your goalkeepers before the season, before the tournament, and you say you're going to play in the league and you're going to play in the cups, and that's going to be your tournament, you, you got to do it. Otherwise, you lose you lose your, your second goalkeeper, and now you got to you got to find a new second goalkeeper. And second goalkeepers yeah. are easy to find. Not, Although for us it's easy because we just have to recall Chesney from loan, <laughs> but point but, taken. But then you get a then you get a Voltec Chesney who like doesn't really want to be there because he wants to play. Yes. Yeah. Well. That, yes and no. I mean, I, I, I think that I'm I'm personally more happy with the Arsenal goalkeeping situation than I have been in several years. So. But that also, it's easy for me to say that because our number two keeper just won us the FA Cup. So it's cool. also easy to say it's also easy for you to say that because your goalkeeper has been so terrible the last few years, and now it's like <laughs> yes, <confident>. that's this <laughs> is okay. That is that is also a point well taken. <laughs> I mean, this game this game was over before it started because before it started, I bet on Chelsea, and <laughs> that's all we needed to. That's all you needed to hear for that for that to go drastically wrong. Also. Uh, yeah, good goal from Aaron Ramsey, but then he killed George Allman. Excuse me? What would, didn't, who's the guy that died yesterday? <laughs> oh, oh I don't fun. know. I don't know. I, I forgot about that. Greg Allman. Greg uh... Allman. Oh. oh, Greg Allman. Yeah, yeah. The, the musician. Yeah. <laughs> it, it only took a mere hours, <laughs> which I guess made up for the fact that he scored last week and no one... But the thing guy. is, I mean, like, the population is such that anytime Aaron Ramsey scores an important goal, you're always going to be able to find someone of note who has recently died. Yes. It Not doesn't seem to happen Keller, with but... anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think there's some Heisenberg uncertainty principle going on here, but, yeah. you know, we'll leave it at that. So, uh, by all the you know reports and rumors out there, it seems like the board is getting together here tomorrow, Tuesday, 
and agreeing on offering Wenger a new two-year deal and that he will um, accept and stay on for another two years. I know Paulie's Which happy about is... this. So happy yeah, of about course. this. There's a, lot of things to, there's a lot of things to dissect here because the reports are that this offer's actually been on the t- this offer was made to him to, uh, in November. So yeah, so this is a board this is a, a crucial board meeting with the majority shareholder in order to confirm that the offer that's been on the table for the better part of a year still exists on the table. Yes, <laughs> pretty much. But Wenger even said uh, after the game that he should have sorted this out earlier. Right. Oh yeah, and I mean, he, but he also admitted that at the like after the final Premier League match day, he's like, "Yeah, this was kind of a distraction." Even though I've been saying for the last month and a half that it's not a distraction, he's yeah. like, "Yeah, you fucking idiot. Of course it has been." <laughs> like, my god. I mean, and I, even though my statement about all the folks at Footnex still stands, like I had a great time there. The atmosphere was exceptional, but I also got into what is, for me to date, the most heated argument I've had about, you know, Wenger in or Wenger out with a guy there who was, I mean, he was just, like, livid. It was like, I hate Arsene Wenger. And I said, you can't say that. You cannot say that and pretend that you're an Arsenal fan. It's like, no, I'm just, I'm so frustrated. I'm like, you can be frustrated. You can think that the club's future will be better off without him, which I happen to agree with. But you can't say that you after he's brought truly unprecedented success to this club. You know, it's just to me, it's he's Ah, called what the fans have done disgraceful. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Okay. Is it unprecedented success? It's not like Arsenal were one of. It's not like Arsenal were like Chelsea, who were always kind of around but were never that great, and then. And then Roman Abramovich comes, and now they're all of a sudden they are perennial contenders. Arsenal used to win. Like yes, they won. That's true. Didn't they win the, Arsenal... the title the year before the Premier League started? Wasn't didn't Arsenal win it? Yes, but the the unpre- like the the success is nonetheless unprecedented insofar as Arsene Wenger is now the winningest FA Cup manager in history, and Arsene Wenger is the only Premier League manager to go undefeated all season. Those things yes, are both is, in, in both okay, like yeah, the cup and the league <laughs> that constitutes unprecedented success. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, I would just no. If he got this offer in November and he let it drag on until now, just out of like a out of a personal like for for games with himself or whatever. I mean, I respect him for doing that, but also like that that was a very dumb move on your part, Arsene. Yeah. I, I I think it's I think it's yeah and because for, well again I don't I don't think that him signing the new deal avoids the tribulations that we suffered for much of this calendar year in the league but it does change the narrative right like he's already signed the deal the question marks hanging over the club are although on the other hand like playing devil's advocate a little bit part of me is happy about that because I think that the focus and pressure has shifted while it is still most intensely on Arsene Wenger. It is now more than it was previously also focused on majority shareholder Stan Kroenke and the complacency of the board and the willingness to just kind of like cash checks. And if occasionally a trophy comes in, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. So I think that the in general, the Arsenal fan base is more aware of 
a lack of real ambition on the part of the ownership of Arsenal Football Club. Now, you know, whether that awareness actually translates to any meaningful change, that's probably unlikely. But at least it's a conversation that we're having now, which I don't think we were having enough six months ago. Yeah. He needs to sign this this extension really for the main reason is that Thomas Tuchel is going to be available this year. <laughs> this summer. And and what infuriates me even more is that it's a year too early because next year when we need to get rid of Jose Mourinho, he won't be available. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the uh, the DFB Pokal and FA Cup managers will just swap teams. And it'll be a, be a fun little, like, I don't know, crappy reality TV show wife swap version of uh, professional football at the highest level. It would be like... <laughs> Didn't that happen in, like, football once? Or, or baseball, where, like, managers... Oh, it happened in hockey. The Rangers and, and Vancouver ended up swapping coaches. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that is a piece of sports trivia I was aware of. There we go. So, yeah, hopefully they'll get this whole mess situated quickly or get something done at least, because then they got to switch focus over to Alexis Sanchez and Mesut Ozil. They want to... Yeah. Sign new deals with both players. So, uh, I mean, they've got they've they have to get both of those players if they have any prayer of returning to the Champions League after just one year. I mean, they're it's uh, that that's all there is to say. I mean, they're the two best outfield players on the team, at least the two best players going forward. Probably the two best outfield players. Period. I mean, I think that Lauren Koscielny has to be in that conversation too, despite his you know, moment of madness that saw him miss this FA Cup final. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Switching things over to the championship playoffs, we saw Huddersfield win promotion to the Premier League after defeating Reading on penalties. So it will be uh, Huddersfield's first time in the top flight in 45 years. Wow, boy, better part of half a century. Man. And, oh, boy, is it going to end quickly. <laughs> you know, like, when they sit around at the, like at the beginning of the year, when everybody sits around and goes, all right, well, one of these teams, you know, is going to – they'll pull a Bournemouth, they'll pull, a, you know, uh, a Burnley. You know, someone's going to stay – someone's going to go down, you know, two one, – one or two of them will go down immediately and someone's going to stick around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Huddersfield is one of those teams that's going to go straight down. Yeah, they have uh, a yeah. they have a well, lot to work on. They finished fifth in the regular season in the championship, and then they snuck in here through the playoffs. So uh, they wow. will join Newcastle and Brighton. You're not even telling the full the full story here. They finished fifth um, in the championship. They lost 15 games this year, which is a third of their season. Oh wow! <laughs> um, they finished with a minus two goal differential. Yep. So they somehow managed to get promoted without having, uh, without, like, with a minus, with a negative goal differential. They were 14th in the championship in goals scored. Wow. To, you guys to put that are, into context, um, to put yeah. that into context, Aston Villa was 13th. Um, <laughs> Huddersfield scored 56 goals this year in 46 games. They just went through the uh, playoff round. They they went through the playoffs and got promoted, not only without winning a game. They didn't score a goal in the playoffs. Wow! And they got what? promoted. And oh my god! To top all that off, to 
to top I, all that off. They Tony to Pulis is just like dreaming. <laughs> they went to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup and lost in a in a quarterfinal or not a quarterfinal. They went to the round of 16 in the FA Cup and lost in a replay to Manchester City. Like they actually <laughs> had a great cup run too. <laughs> uh yeah. Boy. None of it none of it makes sense. They're they're not good and they will they will, I, they will okay. I don't know if they'll be Derby County level bad, but they will not be good in the Premier League next year. I wonder, you two who are on computers and not walking down the street, um, when the last time a team with a negative goal differential got promoted to the Premier League. They didn't. Yeah, I was going to say, if, <laughs> the last time, slash, if ever. It didn't. They, it was a big deal. Uh you know, when the game was kicking off, it, that no team had ever done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will be interesting to see if they can at least uh, get more points in Derby. Or if, will they get as many points as Sunderland did this season? Uh, yeah, I don't even know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's uh, jump into the transfer market pool. The water is warm. Manchester City heated things up with a 43.6 million dollar Yes. No, pounds, sorry. 43.6 million pound deal for Monaco's Bernardo Silva. So he will join the team on July 1st when the transfer market officially opens. Um signing him to a 5-year deal. He's uh 22 years old. Brazilian. Very impressive with Monaco and um Yeah, this this could be a very very good buy for them. Oh man, I'm like I'm I'm still I'm still basking in the glow of an FA Cup win. I I'm not sure I yet have it in me to begin the oh my god why haven't we signed anyone yet annual frustrations of the Arsenal season. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, this is a, this is a great way to sort of open the summer. And I should say that he's Portuguese, not Brazilian. Uh, and, I mean, this is a statement, too. And we'll get into their next potential buy here, which is uh, the goalkeeper Ederson from Benfica. He is Brazilian, though. So they will, <laughs> they're will they set to break the the highest transfer ever paid for a goalkeeper. The the reports are thirty five million pounds, so he'll be more expensive than Gigi Buffon was when he uh, signed for Juventus. Wow! Yeah, no kidding. Buffon <laughs> signed in like the nineties. Two thousand one. Yeah, good point. Two thousand one. It was two thousand. There's inflation. <laughs> it's still thirty five mil for a goalkeeper. One thing that I thought was pretty uh, eye opening here was that. Claudio Bravo was actually the fourth most expensive goalkeeper when he went to City huh. last summer at 15.4 million pounds. Do you, under- do you understand how money and inflation and time work? Yes. <laughs> yeah, although it's not just like it's not just like following the normal path of inflation. It's uh, the hyperinflation caused by the oil billions of owners like for right, example like- the investment group for the Etihad. <laughs> many, many midfielders 
that are very inferior are going to go for more money than Roy Keane went for. Many strikers that are inferior will go for more money than Eric Cantona or Alan Shearer went for. Well, Cantona was a steal, though. Whatever he was, like Alan Shearer went was like a, a record transfer for like like three million at one point. Yeah. <laughs> but if you see that Bravo like, was number you know, four overall from last summer, with fifteen point four, this is a big step up. Yeah. It is, but like you know, those numbers are just gonna fall. You know, like Gareth Bale was the most expensive player in the world until it was Paul Pogba. Within the next two or three years, someone else will be the, the most expensive player in the world, and it won't be Paul Pogba. Yep. So, yeah, they will have shelled out 50 million pounds on uh, goalkeepers in about a year. So, we'll see. And I'm, yeah, we'll, we'll see if it ends up buying them any consistency. Yeah, I mean, you, you would assume that Edison would take over as the number one Bravo not had a very good season. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's 23 yeah. years old. Yeah. So, I had a good season with Benfica. They just won the Portuguese Cup. People potentially leaving Manchester City, though. Nolito has said that he wants to leave, whether it be a on a loan deal or a permanent transfer. He just wants to leave. Sergio is going to leave. Mark my words. But now we're talking about Nolito. He wants to leave. He'll leave. Yeah. So we'll see. He's been linked with uh, Celta Vigo, his old, old club that he left last summer, and also Atletico Madrid. So uh, looks like he's he'll be heading back to Spain at least. And then, you know, with with City buying another goalkeeper, they also have one returning home on, from loan. That's Joe Hart. And he's probably going to leave. Where's he going to go? There's been links with Everton and Liverpool and uh, Leicester City. If uh, Schmeichel would end up leaving. He could also go back to Torino. I think he wants to come back to England. I think that's... He could go to Manchester United if they sell De Gea. I mean, he has been linked there. I would not want to replace David De Gea with Joe Hart. (laughs) Now that would be a little bit of a downgrade. It makes sense for him to go to Liverpool, though. Yeah, I would uh, hold him above Karius and uh, Mignolet for sure. Yeah. Did we lose Elliot? We might have. I muted my phone because I was walking past some of the loudest construction I've ever heard. Ah. (laughs) Obviously never been to New York. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, we'll see. I don't know. They, like, here they frequently have these raise, like, these trucks that they use where then then they're apparently, it's like a hydraulic arm jackhammer that's about six times the size of a normal one. I don't know. This is also just coming from an exaggerated and underslept, frustrated Elliot who has woken up this morning by precisely such a machine. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Have you seen any of those cool, uh, what are they called, K-cars? Oh, yeah, definitely. 
like little cute. Although I don't know, I, I still I like the little uh, the tuk tuks in yeah. Thailand better. Oh, okay, have you seen people dressed up as Mario characters driving go karts around the streets yet? Yes, I have. Oh, oh my god, I saw awesome. them twice in Akihabara. <laughs> Uh, that is something I would like to do if I ever go to Tokyo. Uh, it sounds hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we we spoken a little bit about Diego Costa and his you know potential departure from Chelsea. Um, he came out and said he could be leaving, and he sees Romelu Lukaku as his his ideal replacement. Although, didn't he also say he would only leave for Atleti? I don't know I if mean, whether or not that's true. Yeah, I don't know if he said it later. I know that he has like a standing invitation to come back. Yeah, um, of course. <laughs> if they can just shake, get the money. I mean, that's that might be uh, continuing on them selling Griezmann. Well, yeah, I mean, it, but it would make sense that they would first talk to Chelsea and say, okay, what, you know, what do we have to give you? And then talk to Manchester United and be like, we need this much plus however extra we want for letting Antonio Griezmann, Antonio yep. Griezmann go. That's true. And I think, um, you know, Lukaku, we spoke about him last last episode and how his goals haven't been that important. Um, I don't know if he can score some more important goals should he rejoin Chelsea, but I feel like that would be a good a good step up for him, though. Instead, you know what? Instead of going to, like, a Barcelona or Real Madrid. I would want him to rejoin Chelsea because it's about time that someone else has to pay a crap ton of money for a player that they never should have let go. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> is true. The second most expensive loan spell in Premier League history. Yep. And then we're going to follow that up with uh, Michael Keane. We're bringing him back for. Yeah, the, I, mean, I read today. I read today that the report was we were going to spend twenty-four million on Michael Keane, but we get to keep six million of that because of the sell-on fee that we agreed to in the original deal. Okay, so it would only be what eighteen? <laughs> so it would only be eighteen. Okay, and then they bought him for two point five. So. That brings it down to 15.5? Yes. I mean, it's that's not... Either way, just ridiculous for them to be like, oh, it's 24 million pounds, but United get to keep six of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's sort of... I mean, they, they have to do that now, though, since they have that percentage baked in. Um, right, it was more like... It was more like we agreed on 18, and if we did 18, then... United, then it would be what? It would be like mm-hmm. what, 12? Yeah. And so. Yep. Uh, speak, to... Speaking of, you know, transfer clauses, though, Manchester City, they want a buyback clause if they would uh, sell Kalechi, Iannaccio, and West of Ham. Course. West Ham <laughs> are hopeful that they can uh, sign him this summer. And I think that's a smart move. I think that that's, that's something that we've seen. You know, a team like Barcelona, they've done that a couple of times. You yeah. Know, have a buyback clause. Why not? Well, and Morata as well, right? Uh, yes. Yep. Seems like it's a bit more common yeah, in Spain. No, I, and, and I think that that's a, a move that suits all parties involved. Like, Iannaccio needs more playing time. I mean, especially if Guero doesn't leave with uh, Jesus, RJ, then he's not, he's not going to fit into that team. So, uh, I think that that's a move that makes sense. Hard J Jesus. 
<laughs> He's going to change the back of his jersey to say that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and I think that would be a good get for West Ham. And, I mean, they probably hope they can offload Andy Carroll to Newcastle. <laughs> Andy Carroll's history of the clubs hoping to offload him. Yep. Pretty <laughs> a much. <memoir. laughs> pretty much. I mean, that, that's just crazy. Uh, Danny Rose has drawn attention from um, Manchester United. No. Good, because we need a left back. Yeah, but it's not the but, player you would most like from Tottenham, is it? Exactly. If you're dipping into that well, come out with the gold before you come out with uh, any other pretty valuable but not as valuable mineral. Mm. Rose gold. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. I see. I, I see, I see <laughs> what you did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other players that have been linked to Manchester United, we got uh, Paris Saint-Germain midfielder Blaise Matuidi. And I think if you can't pry uh, Eric Dyer away from Spurs, then Matuidi would be a uh, pretty good substitute. Oh, he no, is. He is, th- he is 30, though. Yeah, I was going to say, Matuidi is like Peter Cech levels of old. Um, no, if you can't, if you can't, first of all, first of all, where are you getting all this information from? Because yesterday was Sunday and today was a bank holiday. And all that that means is nothing that you read coming out of England is remotely true. <laughs> on those, on uh, You cannot read the transfers in the Sunday paper because they literally tell you everything that you want to hear and nothing that's actually real. Uh, this, is from, um, this is from The Guardian. I have a pretty high, they have a pretty high standard. Yeah, I don't know, uh, man. Yeah, the libel laws in in, in the UK are uh, <laughs> not up to what we would what would we would <laughs> put them up to. Anyway, if you can't um, if you can't prize away Eric Dyer, then you call up Dortmund, where the mass exodus is going to happen, and you get Julian Weigel. Mm. Mm, I saw Royce got injured again. Oh, yep, the annual. I can't play in the same oh, yeah. tournament. <laughs> He's so. out for like six months, too. Is he? And need yeah. ligament, right? Yep. Oh, because he was—he looked fine after the game. Like they—they they said during—they said during the game it was just a knock. Hmm. Yep, knee ligament tear. Yep, there you go. Royce injury rules out chance of a summer move. Yep. Liverpool uh, handed huge blows. Top target Margaret Royce set to miss six months. Up, oh, that's that's good news. <laughs> Two more names here before we sign off. Uh, Ivan Perisic has uh, been linked with both Manchester United and Chelsea. I uh, saw that, and that's a move out of left field. I mean, Perisic, I, I like him a lot. He's a very good player. I just don't know if that's the type of player that United needs at this point. Okay, well, like, why, like, why are we? Why are we buying wingers? That's like the one area of the field that we don't need. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's the, the position in which Marcus Rashford is being forced to play, even though I think he's better centrally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he is a good player, but I, I feel like they should get other stuff done first and then take a look if they if they want to get Perisic. Um, it would be like if you need to remodel your home, but you just... You only like every year you just focus on buying more TVs. 
Mm. And it's like, we already have a TV <laughs> in every bedroom and the living room and the family room. Like, it's just like, why don't we focus on, like, redoing the kitchen? Ah, put a TV yeah. in the bathroom. By the way, the toilet do doesn't work. Mm. Right, like, like, come on. Yep. And, and in some cases, you'd be like, oh, well, we have this great bedroom TV, but we're going to get, like, an older, less, like, inferior product and put it here. Yep. Uh, last name here is Jordan Pickford, Sunderland keeper, uh, West Ham. He's going to be linked with anybody. West, but, West like, Ham and Everton are the two uh, main clubs here, it seems like. Um, and they are, they are said to be preparing a 25 million pound plus player package. I don't know who the player is, but uh, you have to convince a West Ham player to uh, go to some Maybe maybe uh, uh, um, maybe Everton shouldn't have gotten rid of that Tim Howard guy. Uh, I have no idea how's Howard played since he returned to the MLS. He's been fantastic, and that was Neverton's uh, decision. He went to Martinez, and he said, I want, I want to leave. And he pretty much said, I need to. He pretty much said, like, I got to leave. Um, and that's why he signed in January. They, like, got that deal done, and that's why he was dropped. Hmm. So, you know, like, Joe Robles was playing first choice. Everybody made it seem like, oh, it's because he's going to be their guy in the future, and it was – or – because everybody made it seem that it was Howard because of like poor form when really Howard was getting a chance every so often he was playing well, but it was just Martina Martinez was like, if you want to leave, like that's fine. We're going to let you leave, but I'm going to, you know, like I got to figure out what I got in Robles yeah. and Howard understood. But since coming back to Colorado, he's been fantastic. Yep. And I don't feel like Everton, they could do with an upgrade though. I think Pickford, Pickford would be a good choice there. Yeah. Because he was just unfortunate that he played in the worst team in the league. You know who wasn't unfortunate there? Jermaine Defoe. Uh, he'll earn himself another contract somewhere else. Yeah, at West Ham. Yeah. Or Bournemouth. Yeah. So, uh, all is well for the Defoe's. <laughs> Right? Being selected for the England squad and everything. Is I mean... Defoe also oh, not playing in the character testimonial? So, I mean, it's uh, having that sort of Co-character career. Co-character keeps releasing or... new names for this testimonial. It's, it's, it's just a one disappointing name after another. Who's on the list right now? <laughs> Give us that. We'll sign off with that. Who's going to play in the Michael Carrick testimonial? Hey, I've, I, I've got a final thought here, but yeah, yes. you go, go for that. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, you know, definitely, uh, Lampard, Jared are confirmed. John Terry, Jamie Carragher, Harry Redknapp is managing the other team. He's going to uh, try and buy someone from the other team in halftime. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, so they just announced Patrice Evra, Gary Neville is playing, Skulls Carragher playing. Um, Neville Fernand Skulls gigs. All right, so Vidic is playing. Wayne Rooney is is playing. They just announced today Luis Saha is playing. He's going to get injured. Really <laughs> odd one, considering that it's supposed to. What? 
Yeah, he will get injured. Mm-hmm. That part wouldn't be odd. Um, it, since the, the the point of it is supposed to be um, the 2000... It's uh, very odd that Mikel Sylvester was named to the roster today. He made three appearances for the club that season. <laughs> Yeah, they're scrambling. They just need bodies. To yeah, fill they this need hole. bodies. Like, all right, like, oh, Darren Fletcher is uh, playing. Um, yeah, like, when are you going to call Anderson? <laughs> when are you going to call Anderson? You know, obviously the name that fans want to see is Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't think he's going to play since he has a big game a day beforehand yeah. for, <laughs> like, an actual trophy. Yep. That's true. Unless he takes a private plane... And then air drops in, no shirt, and just flexes his muscles, and then he leaves. He's like, I did my part. You're welcome. I like uh, Christian, just come out, walk out, like walk out, play play ten minutes and then and then you can sub off and start your summer. Yeah. Okay, Elliot, final thought. Uh so my like I said before, I mean there's a lot of question marks surrounding Arsenal Football Club's future, but I just, we've already talked a lot about the Arsenal, and I'm happy to just bask in the FA Cup glory for the moment. So my final thought is actually about the J-League, because... Oh, I was going to ask you, to, are you going to go see a game? No, I did. I went to see uh, FC Tokyo against Corfu, um, and it was fascinating, because, I mean, the stadium's like a, a huge stadium. It's 50,000 capacity which it felt kind of empty, but it was still probably at least 20,000 people there. And both the home and the away fans like created a great atmosphere, especially the away fans. I was really impressed with them. They played out to uh, 1-1 draw. It was an interesting game. But I need to see more games from this league because it was fascinating to me because it was just like there were no cards the whole game, even though there should have been at least three yellows, hmm. in my opinion. And one that was like, my question was, oh boy, is that challenge a yellow or a red? And there was no card at all. And so I was just like, God, I mean, I wonder, I'm curious. Admittedly, I don't know because I haven't seen enough of the league. But I'm curious to if, like, the card culture is similar to, it's like about not losing face in the same way that in Japan, there are ties in baseball. Mm. What? That, that's not a thing. But here it is. And so I'm curious about, like, the sporting culture in terms of whether or not there are just generally fewer cards. But... You know, I don't really know. That said, it was still a great day out. I really enjoyed the game, and you know, hats off to both teams. Nobody had to get carded. No, oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, official attendance number was eighteen thousand nine hundred and fifty-three. Okay, yeah, um, not quite twenty. Yeah, how's that? Oh, o- yeah, the other. Thi- how's that own yeah, goal in the second thing. minute? Oh yeah, and it was, it was funny too because in like at first I thought that it was cause it was a strong header from. Uh, from Tokyo, but I didn't realize until I saw the replay that, okay, it came off first the Tokyo player's head and then the defender's head and into the goal. Mm. So, Yeah, Shinsato got credited with the own goal there, and then Horigome tied things up, 45th minute. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was uh, a good game. Yeah, it was to- a good game. They Tok- also, Tokyo sitting in sixth. Amazement. Yeah. Although, I mean, here it's they play the same schedule as the MLS, so the season's just like 12 games underway or something. Yep. But, How yeah, another it? thing that they let you do is they let you just, like, crack a beer in front of the stadium, and as long as you pour it into an FC Tokyo-branded cup with their little, like, 
chipmunk squirrel mascot on it, then it's totally fine to bring into the stadium. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Was, Wait, that was what? an interesting thing. So they, they don't do they sell beer at the stadium? That's the thing is that they do. <laughs> but I had my two dollar seven eleven beer. It was great. Oh. oh well. Did you keep your mug? No, I you know I would have, but it was just like a paper cup. So oh, if it was okay. plastic, I I would have kept that thing. The little squirrel logo is so cute. Freaking cartoon characters on everything here. Did they do the clappers? I know that's a big thing in Japanese baseball. No, they didn't. They didn't. Although they they whistled a lot at the opposing players in possession, which is something that uh, the German guy I was with really thought was like un- unconscionably rude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you gonna try to catch another game while you're out there? Uh, I don't know. It's probably not because I'm only gonna be in Tokyo for a couple more days, and then I'm going up to the mountains to hike and hang out in hot springs for a few days. Mm. Mountain soccer. Mountain soccer. Yep. <laughs> I'll probably just kick a rock down the hill. There you go. Okay, well, with that, we'll say goodbye as always. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Noren. Elliot is Keats Was Better. Polly is P. Questel WFAN. And give Fanrec Sports a follow as well. Until next time, have a good one. Bye bye. <sighs>